Are you ready to listen to my dad, Joe, and Uncle Justin talk about sports? Now on with the show. The Joe Mays and J-Raff Show is brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop, which have been serving the greater Westlawn area delicious food for over 70 years. You are listening to the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show. Boring. A <clears throat> weekly podcast about sports since 2011. Don't you ever get tired of being wrong all the time. With a focus on football. 36-yard line of Philly. Shotgun snap to Hertz. Dropping back. Only one person rushing. Hertz looking, standing still, winding up. Long pass that lands at the 20. No one is there. Zeroes on the clock. It's over. It's over. The Chiefs have won. The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57 on a game-winning field goal. Trailing at 10. At the halftime stop, 24-14, they go on to win 38-35. What a game. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and not here this evening is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. He is gone, out of town, not here to talk about, believe it or not, the East Divisions in our NFL preview. This is part four of our five-part series. We will take an entire show to dedicate to our playoff predictions And our Super Bowl expectations. That'll be in a few weeks' time. But before we get to the playoff teams, we have to talk about the NFC East and the AFC East. You know, I don't like to do this show alone. I've done that in the past. It's not a lot of fun. So we brought in our our sponsor of the show, uh, my dad, here on Father's Day. Bill, joining us. This is not your first time on the show. You've been here no, multiple times. Been here before. a lot, but I, I think you give your partner too many vacation time. Yeah, I mean, he seems like back. he's off more than on. We need to cut back on Justin's vacation. Uh, we'll have to uh, we'll have to check uh, how many he's supposed to get because uh, he's not here tonight and missing the NFC East and the AFC East. I mean, one of those is more important to him. But it's going to be a, a fun show to talk about these eight teams, all of which are very near and dear to our heart or uh, ones that we hate. So uh, you're on the show, though, representing the Cowboys, yep. uh, which uh, much to Justin's chagrin, I'm sure. Normally we have an Eagles lover here to talk about the NFC East, but this year we're going to have a Cowboys fan to dissect the NFC East. But I know he would say that he has the last laugh right now, division champ, conference champion, and within just uh, a couple minutes of a Super Bowl victory. We are going to start in the NFC East. We're going to get started off uh, on on your side of the coin before we flip to my side and talk about the AFC East. And uh, I know you gave uh, your brother, um, my uncle, a little preview and said that he might not like what you have to say. But before we talk about his New England Patriots, we're going to start in the NFC East. 
and uh, kick things off here with we always do our fourth place. I know. See, the problem I have with you being on the show is that you cut our viewership in half when you're not at home to watch. <laughs> so uh, we'll have to take that. Um, We'll have to take that as we go. Maybe we can get some uh, more more viewers in here that you're on the show because I know you let some people know that you would be here. But I'm sure you're familiar with the order we do things here when we do our NFL preview, and that is we start at the bottom, who we think is going to finish in last place in the NFC East in 2023. Well, I think the East is pretty much decided, right? I figure the Cowboys are going to go undefeated okay. and win the Super Bowl. So oh, I mean, all right. we can just cut the show short. That's it? You, that's all you have to say? That's all you have to say? You start out at the top. Don't even worry about the other three. Cowboys, 17-0, and 0, Super Bowl champions. Uh, you wanna, Are you going to say who's your fourth place team, or do you want me to start? Well, I was going to give you the, uh, the, the job of going first. I usually let Justin talk first about what he expects to happen with the fourth place team in the division. So I'll continue that tradition and you can let everyone know who your fourth place team is this year to remind everyone at home. The fourth place team last year was the Washington commanders at eight, eight and one. Well, that's who I'm going with again. All right. You're sticking with Washington. Yep. Yep. What is it about the commanders that you don't like? Well, I think it's a big year for them because first off, they're in the process of getting sold possibly. and Probably. Probably. And because the NFL wants the owner out of there. Uh, and the other thing is I think it's crucial for Rivera to have a good year. Um, he's he's done mediocre. He's made the playoffs, I guess it was about three years ago, but they're just – not to that next level. And, uh, you know, they only uh, put up with that for so long, these teams, and then they get rid of their coach. I know that, that we talked about this this afternoon when prepping for the show, but this will be the fourth year for head coach Ron Rivera. So his first year was that COVID season in 2020, and he took the team to the playoffs that year. Not a lot to work with. It wasn't a strong team. They were able to get into the playoff field, though. Weren't able to really do anything. But here they are now in his fourth season as head coach trying to build off of a 500 record because of the tie last year. They're working with yet another new quarterback this year. This time it's going to be a second-year player in Sam Howell. He's going to get the reins most likely. I guess people expect that to be the case. They did bring in veteran Jacoby Brissett, who's been all around the league of late Um I think they want it to be Sam Howell, however, uh, to see what they have. And there have been some rave reviews about him, the, about his uh, his focus there. Uh, they have a, a decent stable of running backs, Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson Jr. especially. But there doesn't seem to be a lot of excitement surrounding the team, at least what's happening on the field. A lot of the excitement is about what's happening off the field and with the ownership change that you mentioned is, is coming down the pipe. But I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think this is a bad team. You know, they were 500 last year, still in the fight to make the playoffs near the end of the year. Have they improved at all? It really comes down to surprise, surprise, the, what the quarterback position does for them. They have a nice wide receiver group. You know, J- Jahan Dotson from Penn State had a great rookie year last season, especially uh, when when healthy. 
that Terry McLaurin is still one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. They just unfortunately weren't able to get it done for them and finish the season 500, 8, 8, and 1. They have a, a somewhat easy start to the year, depending on what you think about these tombs opening with the Cardinals at home and then going to the Broncos. So, hey, you get off to a 2-0 uh, start and things could be looking pretty good. Uh, they do then have the Bills and the Eagles. But then they have the Bears and the Falcons and the Giants, who they're, I think, very similar to the New York Giants. Uh, they do have Eagles, Patriots, Seahawks then before they have the Giants. Then the Cowboys, which that might be. That is a Thanksgiving game, Giants at Cowboys. And then my, they play my Dolphins the next week before their very late bye in week 14. Then they finish with the Rams and Jets on the road and finally 49ers, Cowboys. So they definitely have... They have spurts. So, you know, if they're going to struggle against the likes of the Eagles and Cowboys, they're going to have to win some of these other games to be a threat to make the playoffs. I, I what, what do you think the record's going to be? I'm going to leave it about where it is either so, uh, eight, nine, eight, or nine and eight, somewhere okay. around there. All right. So you're pretty high then on the NFC East if you have yeah, the, the last place I, team I, at eight and nine or nine and eight. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna flip on you. I'm gonna actually say the New York Giants are the last place team in the NFC East. I do think they're gonna take a step. Much up. like the Vikings in the North, I feel like the Giants won a lot of games that I don't think that their talent reflected their record last year. I don't think they're a very good team. I have I have problems with expecting the Giants to take a step ahead. Uh, I I do think Brian Dables is a good coach, so maybe he'll be the one that doesn't allow them to slide backwards too far. I just I'm not sure Daniel Jones is the guy. They're having issues, you know, with Saquon Barkley and the the franchise tag. What's he going to do? Is he going to sign that and play on it? Is he going to expect a long term deal? Which I I think the deadline for that actually is probably coming up sometime soon. So we might get some clarification on that uh, in a few weeks. But they finished third last year. They made the playoffs. They upset the Vikings again. Another one of those teams that I don't think was that good. They were nine seven and one last year. I, I just, I think it was a little bit of a reach for them to go nine seven and one last year. I'm just really surprised they were able to do that. Daniel, they win in spite of Daniel Jones, not because of Daniel Jones. I know they have some pieces on defense that a lot of people like uh, Leonard Williams uh, chief among them. They have some young pass rushers in Ojolari and Thibodeau, but I don't I, I just, I, I feel like, and this maybe sounds crazy because of what comes down to quarterbacks, but we know what Daniel Jones is and he's average, right? We don't know what Sam Howell is or what he's going to do. So there, there seems to be, at least to me, I feel like there's a higher ceiling for Washington. There could also be a, very, a lower floor. But I feel like the Giants are stuck in the middle. I don't think they're – I don't see them winning 10 games. I don't see no. them being better than last year. 
So at best, I see them as a nine and eight team, but I honestly, I could see them dropping back a bit. Now they start with Dallas. That's the first, their first game of the year. I think that's Sunday night. Uh, it is in New York. So that would be a huge game for the Giants should they take over that. But then four of their next five games are on the road. And the other home game is against Seattle. So they've got a tough start to the season hosting Dallas, then going out west for Arizona and San Francisco. San Francisco, that game's on a short week. That's on Thursday night. Then they come home quickly for a game against the Seahawks and or a playoff team last year. Then they go on the road to the two AFC East teams in the Dolphins and the Bills, who a lot of people think are going to be pretty good this year. So the Giants have a really rough start to the season. And, you know, if they're sitting there at two and four or one and five, I'm not sure people are going to be very happy with Daniel Jones or, or the entire team. So I don't know. And two of their final three games are against the Eagles. So this isn't exactly a very forgiving schedule. They do have three of the final five at home after the bye week in week 13. But to me, I think the Giants are looking to backpedal a bit and finish in fourth place. I'm going to put them at seven and 10. And my fourth place team, but the Redskins, oh gosh, here we go. The Commanders are my third place team, and I think they go nine and eight. So uh, a, a slight step up. I think Sam Howell looks good, but still young, still that they don't have enough pieces uh, along the offensive line or on the defense to really challenge uh, the Eagles and the Cowboys who are, we're going to talk about at one and two here shortly. So my four is going to be the giants at seven and 10. My three is going to be the commanders at nine and eight. Your commanders you have at eight and nine, nine and eight. And that's pretty much what I'm going to put the giants. And you're going to have the giants tiebreaker in getting the third place spot in the NFC. East. we don't have to talk about anyone being a wild card team since we'll do that as a collective show, uh, in a few weeks. But is there anything else about the Giants that you wanted to touch on? I, I think a lot comes down, like you said, what's happened with Schwank, uh, Barkley. If he holds out or, you know, what's happening with his contract and everything. Because yeah, he, he had a great year last year. Yeah, I mean, he, he looked good for the first time in a few years after the injury slowed him down. You know, he had a, a fantastic rookie season but just couldn't get it going then the next few years, but had a, a rebound season last year. And I was happy about that. But once they um, prioritized, prioritized Daniel Jones and getting him signed to a long-term deal, you knew Saquon Barkley was the guy that was going to get the short end of the stick and get the franchise tag. And I'm sure he's not happy about that. He wants a long-term deal as well. It just hasn't been in the cards of late. So I think it would have been more important to sign him for a long contract because I agree with you. I think Jones is a mediocre quarterback. Yeah, I, I, you know, Justin and I have a few times on this show gone through where we think the quarterbacks rate, and I don't see Daniel Jones. I'm not sure he cracks the top 16. You know, there's 32 starting quarterbacks. Is he in that top half? I would say on a good day, he could maybe get to 12. But then I feel like more often than not, he's in that like 15 to 20 range. And I don't think that's good enough to get to get it done. Nope. So they're going to need to figure out what to do there. Uh, oh, Uncle Rich said that he was having trouble. Sorry, we did have. Yes, we were a few minutes late because I was having technical difficulties on this end. I had to make some Wi-Fi internet changes and the program didn't like it. So I had to reboot it, everything. So hopefully people that wanted to watch this live have found us here. 
uh, on the show. We do have a few watching, so we appreciate that. If you have any questions or you want to get your two cents in, leave a comment. Or if you have a you have my cell number, give us a text and let us know how you think the NFC East will finish this year. So we did spots four and three. Now we're to spot two, and it is your turn to go first again. So here, so if Justin's not listening live, <laughs> I think his head is about to explode. So yeah. who do you have in second place? Uh, Philadelphia. Okay. What What's their record? I'm going to say, you know, a lot of times you have that uh, Super Bowl hangover. And I think uh, they only had two losses last year. I, three. They were three. Oh, three. I, I think the two. last week they uh, they didn't have to play their guys that last week, I believe. But uh, I'm, I'm looking at them, you know. So they were 14 and three. Yeah. Division uh, champs, NFC champs. I'm I'm looking at them with five losses. Okay, so a slight step back going twelve and five. What do you think is their biggest step back will come? Offense or defense? Well, I just uh boy, good question there. Um I'm I'm gonna. I just I felt uh, the quarterback uh, had such a good year that I just don't see him doing that again. That's just my opinion. Of course, maybe I'm like Justin, very prejudiced. uh, And uh, who's ever the quarterback of the Eagles, you don't like? No, I wouldn't (laughs) say that. But I mean, I'm not as anti-hating as Justin is about the Eagles. But uh, I just uh, I think they over. performed last year that was just my gut feeling and everything pretty much fell in the place for them they could easily win that super bowl so i mean uh, everything went in their way and i just don't you know i think it's gonna be everything went right some things could go wrong this year and that's why i had them drop back okay they did lose both their coordinators. Both of them right. are now head coaches. Uh, Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon both left. Uh, Steichen went to the Colts. Gannon went to the Cardinals. So they are breaking in two new um, coordinators for Coach Nick Sirianni. And uh, we'll we'll find out quickly what uh, Sean Desai is able to do with his defensive group and what Brian Johnson can do on offense. Now, uh, Desai was someone brought in. Brian Johnson was a holdover from, um, you know, he was a, a, a position coach for the Eagles before that. Um, we'll see. He was, he was quarterbacks coach. So Jalen hurts. Uh, is probably happy to have him back. Uh, finally, Marcus Mariota is a quarterback for the Eagles. Uh, he's a, he's a backup trying to challenge Ian book to back up Jalen hurts. He had a weird year in Atlanta last year where, I uh, was able to do a lot with his legs, but not so much with his arm. And then they wanted to see what Desmond Ritter had, and there was a falling out there. And uh, now he's in Philadelphia. You know, about a decade after people thought he'd be in Philadelphia, here he is now. So the Eagles did lose a, a fair amount on on defense. In addition to their coordinator, T.J. Edwards went to the Bears. Marcus Epps went to the Raiders. Gardner Johnson, the other safety, to the Lions. And the big one, Javon Hargrave, to the 49ers. Um, And Kazir White to the Cardinals. So all guys who started or played significant role for the Eagles' defense, gone. Uh, They didn't re-sign Robert Quinn or Ndamukong Sue or Linville Joseph. So some of those midseason acquisitions or free agent signees, you know, the veterans that they were going to uh, rely on to help stop the 
uh, opposing offenses rushing the ball on them, they're, they're gone, not, not re-signed. Offensively, I don't feel like they lost as much. Dillard went to the Titans, the offensive lineman. Uh, Minshew is now a backup with the Colts. Pascal went on to the Cardinals. Miles Sanders, perhaps the biggest name, lost the running back. Uh, the former Penn State player went to Carolina and, and new coach Frank Reich. Um, but probably the biggest is the offensive lineman, Isaac Samalo, to the Steelers. Uh, you know, if you listen to uh, New Heights, the, the Kelsey Brothers podcast, Jason talks about how losing Isaac to the Steelers uh, hurts because he felt that Samala was one, one of the most underrated offensive linemen and one of the, the best players in the locker room. He went to Pittsburgh on a three-year deal. They do have guys that can, they can put in there that have been learning, including Cam Jurgens, who's probably the heir apparent to Jason Kelsey, who feel like is probably going to retire after this coming season. He is back for this 2023 season, though. Cam Jurgens likely to step in at that guard spot. At least that's what we've been hearing as a possibility. So will they miss a beat? I don't know. They were pretty uh, amazing last year. The uh, Eagles offensive line was one of the big reasons that they were able to do what they did with Jalen Hurts in the running game and then with the variety of people carrying the rock in the backfield. Of course, th- there wasn't all losses. They did sign uh, Greedy Williams, Justin, Justin Evans, and Terrell Edmonds uh, defensively. And on offense, they brought in Rashad Penny. I already mentioned Marcus Mariota. And uh, Alameda Zacchaeus, a wide receiver from the Falcons. Those are the big ones that they brought in to supplement their losses. And then, of course, we know about their their draft picks. You were here live when some of them were going down. Justin and I talked about them a lot. Uh, Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith, two Georgia standouts in the first round. Those guys are being added to a defense that... Um, was already pretty good. Again, a lot of losses, but now a couple of young guys to add into that rotation. Carter can help replace Hargrave and Nolan Smith, another edge rusher, uh, can learn from Hassan Reddick, who had an incredible season last year. I also love their third round picks. Tyler Steen, the offensive lineman from Alabama. There's a chance that he could push to replace Isaac Samalo as well. And Sidney Brown, the safety from Illinois, um, before they got Keely Ringo from another defensive player from Georgia. So great draft from the Eagles. That's how you supplement your losses of veterans is by having a great draft. And at least on paper, the Eagles were able to do that. Now, taking a look at their schedule, they open up, as Uncle Rich has already told us, in New England on September 10th. I believe they're, the Patriots are also honoring Tom Brady that day. Uh, Uncle Rich reached out and said, uh, we're welcome to uh, to join him at that game. Go uh, Pats. <laughs> I don't know that you would hear him say that too too often. So you might want to take that one, uh, Uncle Rich, with what uh, what he just threw down there for for uh, for you. So um, let's see. The Eagles then host the Vikings, and that's become a chippy thing uh, over the years as uh, the Vikings have – you know, the Vikings stole Justin Jefferson from the Eagles, essentially, as the Eagles passed on him. The Vikings uh, have kind of played little brother to the Eagles over the last few years. So that's an interesting game at the link uh, on a Thursday night already in week two. They got the Cowboys right before their bye. That one's in Philadelphia on November 5th. After the bye, they get a rematch with the NFL, the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. That will be at Arrowhead. And that game is on a Monday night on November 20th. So right before Thanksgiving, we'll get the Eagles-Chiefs game in Kansas City. Uh, 
My Dolphins are playing at the link again for the first time in eight years. That's happening October 22nd. That is a Sunday night game. So uh, a lot of interesting schedule tidbits here for uh, the Eagles as it relates to all of our rooting interests. You, me, Uncle Rich. A lot of good ones here. Um, also, Adam, the Eagles are playing the Bills at the link on November 26th. That is Thanksgiving weekend. So, and then a rematch with the 49ers, who they demolished in the NFC Championship game. But the 49ers like to believe that it would have been a closer game if Brock Purdy was healthy. And a lot of people subscribe to that notion. I'm not one of them. I don't think the 49ers were going to win that game no matter what. But we'll see what happens when they come to the link on December 3rd. Bef- then the next week, they got to go to Dallas and Seattle before finishing with two out of three games with the New York Giants, one on Christmas Day and then one the final week of the season. So you have the Eagles dropping a few games down from where they were last year from 13-4 and four, uh, to, did you say, 12-5? and five? Yep. You only have them going one, down one. No, they're, sorry, they were 14-3. and three. You have them going down two, two. games. 14-3 and three to 12-5. and five. Obviously nothing to sneeze at, but if that's their second place, that means you had the Cowboys winning at least twelve games and the tiebreaker. I'm not ready to do that. Uh, I'm not. I'm not putting the Eagles in second. I'm keeping them in first. Uh, I do have Dallas in second, and I do think Dallas is going to be very good. I'm not ready for to leapfrog Philadelphia though. After what Philadelphia was able to do last year, the Cowboys were twelve and five, which is what you have the Eagles going this year. The Cowboys were 12 and 5, second place in the NFC East. They beat the Buccaneers 31 to 14 and ended Tom Brady's career. Then they lost to the 49ers 12 to 19 for the second year in a row, losing to the 49ers in not very good fashion. They did get rid of Kellen Moore. That was something I wanted to talk to you about. Do you think some of the Cowboys' problems was the offensive coordinator? He's in he's in Los Angeles now with the Chargers. Chargers, right. Um I don't know. I mean, I I know you you soured on Jason Garrett after a while when he was the coach. Then they brought in, they got McCarthy. Callum Moore's been there for a few years now. He was seen as a bright spot at the end of the Garrett days. He held over into the beginning of McCarthy. But now they got rid of him, and now McCarthy's going to take over a larger role in the play calling. I just, like I've always told you, uh, Prescott... I really like him, but he's so erratic. I mean, um, you know, like the Green Bay game, I'm just picking that one out. He threw two interceptions, uh, and they got down really quick, and they ended up losing that in overtime, that game. Uh, it just He just can be so erratic. He can have a great game, and the next time, just too many turnovers. And I can't really say I blame the offensive coordinator for that, but... Uh, Maybe it was time to make a change, though. Yeah, sometimes you can get a, a, a um, I don't want to say a false sense of hope, but maybe that change will inject some life into them. I feel it's more Mike McCarthy flailing to keep his job because obviously the team is talented, but they've come up short in the playoffs, yep. uh, which his former team has also been doing, the Packers. LaFleur and, and Aaron Rodgers before they jettisoned him, which we'll get to that in, in a few minutes. Failing in the playoffs. Great regular season. MVP seasons from Aaron Rodgers. Failed to make the Super Bowl. Cowboys kind of throwing away some really good teams. 
have a lot of competition against them because the Eagles were great last year, very good the year before. Uh, Brady and the Bucks were in the way too. This 49ers teams have been a thorn in their side, but it feels like better offensive play calling, better offensive decision making. The Cowboys could have beat the 49ers, and then you're in a what if scenario one more game and you're in the Super Bowl. Well, he had a, a, one or two interceptions in that game too. I mean, he can't do that. And the win of because they have the talent and they even made their wide receiving core better this year, past year. In the offseason, I feel they did. Because uh, you guys can't depend just on Lamb. I mean, there's other guys there, but, you know, they got uh, Cooper and, um, you know, I just hope, you know, we'll wait and see what happens. I guess I get sometimes too optimistic. So Dak Prescott missed some games last year. Including the one of their five losses to the Eagles in Week Six. Uh, I know you got revenge on the Eagles without Jalen Hurts on Christmas Eve last year. Um, two of the five losses by the Cowboys were in overtime. One to the Packers and one to the Jaguars. Neither of those I would consider bad losses. The Packers were in the midst of their their comeback to attempt to make the playoffs, which they ultimately fell short because they choked against the Lions at home. But the Jaguars were no joke towards the end of the season. They lost to the Commanders last week. I don't I don't think Dallas had anything to play for that game. Right. So that game doesn't even really count to me. They lost by nine to the Eagles in week six. Again, I don't believe Prescott played in that game. And they lost the first game of the year to the Buccaneers. Great, Some great wins. Again, Bengals in week two. That's a great win. Uh, honestly, Lions in week seven. The Detroit team really had a turnaround. Um, beat the Bears by 20. The Bears, uh, that might have been before Chicago really started to come on of- offensively at least. Um, smoked the Vikings. I remember being like, that's the real Minnesota team right there. Dallas just beat them 40-3. to three. Um, Hammered the Colts. Uh, beat the Eagles again without Jalen Hurts. And then uh, took down the, t- the Titans. So overall, it was a very good season last year for Dallas. A couple overtime losses. And hey, couple those two overtime losses become wins. And you actually fight to beat Washington, you're 15 and two. Well, so I, I, I said Cooper, I meant cooks. They picked up him. Oh yeah. They yeah, picked yeah. up two really good players. I hate to say it, but from Michigan, uh, uh, Mozzie Smith, the, you're talking about the draft. Yeah. yeah in the yeah. draft. Yeah. And, um, Greg Cassell on the Ross Tucker podcast really talked highly of, uh, Mozzie Smith and his addition to that defensive line in Dallas. Now the biggest loss, at least name wise was Ezekiel Elliott. I know a lot of people soured on him the last few years. He wasn't getting it done. I still think there's a good chance that he could be re-signed because he's still a free agent out there. Um, the team did bring back Leighton Vander Esch at linebacker, uh, probably the biggest name and Cooper rush who filled in admirably for Dak Prescott last year. He is back as a backup quarterback, but then the two biggest offseason acquisitions where Brandon Cooks, the wide receiver, who's still not 30. He feels like he's been in the league for 15 years. He's only 29. He came over from Houston in a trade. And then Stephon Gilmore. Now, he is on the wrong side of 30. Uh, he started to make a name for himself with the Bills, and then he ended up with New England, where he was, I believe, defensive player of the year at one point. And he's bounced around the league a little bit, but still uh, a really good defensive back, someone that they needed 
And then after losing Ezekiel Elliott, or at least for the time being, they brought in Ronald Jones, who just won the Super Bowl with the Chiefs, but started out with the Buccaneers, who actually, I believe he won a Super Bowl with them as well. So it's never a bad idea to have players in the room that have been to and won Super Bowls. So Ronald Jones is added to that backfield with Tony Pollard, who's recovering from an injury. That's probably the biggest hurdle for the Dallas offense is what's going on with Tony Pollard. Now you did talk about, you brought it up about the kicking situation. Uh, Cause that cost them at times this pat or last year of uh, the current kicker on the lot roster is Tristan Viscaino. Uh, he was brought to the Cowboys in just in January. Um, so he is a new option for the Dallas Cowboys this year at kicker. Um, they had, been going with Brett Maher uh, in 2022, and he had a rough go of it. Boy, did uh, he ever. He just he had just couldn't a get rough, on track. Um, he missed four to five extra points during the Cowboys wildcard win against the Buccaneers. Uh, and then he had issues, I believe, the next week. Didn't he miss the first one the next game against the 49ers as well? So... Um, he's gone. It is his third time kicking for the Cowboys, but it doesn't look like he's going to get another year as Vizcaino is the guy at the moment. But, you know, kicking is so weird in the NFL that that could change at any time. In terms of Dallas's schedule, opening the season at the Giants and then hosting the Jets before a trip to Arizona and then welcoming in the New England Patriots. That's the first four uh, weeks. I like the first four games. They could get Giants, off to a Jets, nice Cardinals, yep. Patriots. Yep. I think uh then you gotta go to the West Coast for two weeks, including one against the 49ers who have been it's almost like it's the nineteen eighties all over yeah, again. Right. Uh and also the Chargers who man, that's a team I can't figure out. But then you have a bye, early bye, week seven. Uh, and you come out of that bye against the Rams at home. You got to win that game because the Rams, I don't think, are any good before going to Philadelphia. And I don't think you have a. I don't know what I want to want to say. That I, I want to say I don't think you have an awful schedule. But what's interesting to me is you need to be good by Thanksgiving. Yes, because if you look after Thanksgiving, Gets these tougher. next five weeks. If the teams play to what many people are expecting from November 30th through December 30th, the Cowboys host the Seahawks, host the Eagles, go to Buffalo, go to Miami, host Detroit. So that's and, four know, playoff teams last year and one that was playing really good at the right, end of the season. I was just going to say, any other year you'd say, I'll take Detroit. Yeah, I'll take the Lions. No. Um, so you and I are going to have – last year you had an interesting Christmas Eve with most of the family. Yeah. But not me. I sat there. I said I didn't care what was happening in this game. This year you and I have an interesting time because Dallas is at Miami on Christmas Eve afternoon. Oh, really? So we'll be done with, with our church. If you, Well, we've been going to the morning session with uh, the kids. What 325. We'll be up at Uncle Dennis's. So and... to finish the game, we'll be we'll be at a, the family party. It's in Miami because four years from now, it'll be in Dallas again. So maybe we'll get to that one as we had planned four years ago to go to it, and it didn't work out. Well, like I said, I picked four losses. I figured the Eagles and then we'll split. So you think the so you you're going Eagles in second at twelve and five, and the Cowboys in first at thirteen and four. Right. Okay. And I figure 
one of those losses will be with the Eagles. Probably the home one. And uh, so that gives me still three other losses. And uh, it, they could win or lose all any of those. It's a fe- well, I mean, you got 40, at 49ers. Okay. At, I'm just highlighting the ones right. that are tough. At the 49ers, at the Eagles. Seattle, but you're at home. Yeah, Seattle doesn't really scare me too much. Eagles, but at Buffalo and at Miami yep. and hosting Detroit. Honestly, I feel like if the Eagles, or excuse me, the Cowboys are going to go 13 and four, by the time you get through Thanksgiving against Washington on November 23rd, that's how many games? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's a lot. Le- you need to be at least nine and two. Right. I agree with you. Because then you have Seahawks, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions. And that to me, the easy one out of all that, easier one would be Seattle. I feel like Seattle, Detroit, and Miami, and Philly and Buffalo are the two toughest. I hope by the end, this is the toughest game for you. <laughs> um, but we'll see what happens. So uh, I, I'm not that far off with you. I, I think the Cowboys and Eagles are very, they were very close last year. I think they're very close this year. I think because of what the Eagles have been able to do with some young guys in the draft last year and the draft this year, I think with the steps forward Jalen Hurts made this past year, as long as he doesn't take too much of a step back, I mean, if he gets better, you're in trouble. If he gets better than what he did last year. And I don't think that's off the table. I think it's more likely that he stays the same or even has a slightly worse year, slightly, nothing significant. Then he does have a slightly better year because I just it would be tough to top last year. Maybe if he stays fully healthy for the whole season, I still think the Eagles are the better team. I, I trust their coaches more, and I'm not a huge Sirianni guy. He's not one of my favorites. Them losing their coordinator scares me a bit, but Justin, I've also talked about how sometimes changing coordinators actually gives you a little bit of a bump as they're throwing in some wrinkles or changes that other teams aren't used to because the guys that they've programmed against and game planned against are gone. So the Eagles were 14 and three. Do I see them being 14 and three again? Probably not. But I think, I think 12 and five, 13 and four is doable. So I have them as my number one. Obviously then I have Dallas at my number two, uh, I, I think Dallas is probably right there as well. And maybe maybe they finish tied at 12 and 5 or 13 and 4. I'm going to give the edge to the Eagles. Maybe that comes down to division record. Uh, maybe the Eagles beat Dallas twice, but Dallas still ties with them, but the Eagles get the tiebreaker. I still think it's Philly 1, Dallas 2. Then slightly below that, I would put the Commanders and then the Giants right behind them. So we're, we're pretty close. We have each, each set flip flopped because you had Washington 4 and the Giants 3. Then you up top you had the Eagles two and Dallas one. So uh, I think that's about it. The the only thing that I am interested in is should it finish my way or at least if the Eagles win again, it'll be the first time since 2004 that the NFC East is won by the same team that won it the year before. So first back to back champs since the Eagles did it uh, in 0304, and that was actually the the last two years of a four year run where the Eagles won it 0102, 0304. And actually, back in 01, it wasn't even the same NFC East as it is now. There was, uh, I believe, the Cardinals were still a part of the team, the division in 2001. So, Eagles' last team to win back to back or more NFC East titles has not happened since 2004. 
Um, obviously, the Eagles last division championship was last year. Cowboys two years ago. Washington three years ago. You got to go back to 2011 for the Giants, and I don't see that streak breaking this year. So Giants are going to be over a decade since they last won the division, although uh, they, you know, you go back to that time period, they were winning a Super Bowl. So I don't think people are ready to freak out too much about that, although it's New York, so people freak out about things all the time. Um all right, quickly let's jump over to the AFC East now and my my realm. We're starting at the bottom though. And hopefully no one has the Dolphins down there. Uh you I made you go first for the NFC, so I'll go first for the AFC East. This is tough. <laughs> this is really tough for me. Cause it boggles my mind that I'm actually going to put the Patriots in last. After what happened, I mean, I'm looking here at the AFC East, and there's a lot of a navy blue and red winning that division. Um, many times since 2001, uh, up through 2019, they had won it every year except for two since 2001. The Jets won it in 02. My Dolphins won it surprisingly in 08. But yes, that was the year that Tom Brady missed almost the entire season, other than like a quarter or something like that. All the way through 2019, it's the, basically the Patriots. Since then, the Bills have rattled off three straight. The Patriots, to me, on paper, look like the worst team in the division in terms of talent. I think the Jets surprised a lot of people last year, but the biggest thing holding them back was quarterback play. They traded for Aaron Rodgers, and as much as I don't like Aaron Rodgers... And I don't think he's even as good as he was three years ago. What they were able to do with Mike White or in spite of what was happening with Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco, the Jets scared me last year that they were that good that quick because they had a great draft last year and I thought they had a very good draft this year. They had both the offensive and defensive rookies of the year in Garrett Wilson and uh, Sauce Gardner. They had a great running back who, unfortunately for, for, for them and his health, tore his ACL and missed uh, half of the season. I don't know if he'll be ready to come back at the beginning, but the Jets scare me. I can't put them in last place. Are they, were they 8-9 last year? What the Jets, they were 7-10. Seven 7-10. And ten. Seven and ten. So, but a good 7-10. Um, good and right, ten. and, they, and they, they were 7-4 and four at Thanksgiving, and then they lost their last six games. Um. They lost by five to the Vikings, eight to the Bills, three to the Lions, 16 to the Jags, 17 to Seattle, and uh, five to the Dolphins, who were also using their backup, I was just say, backup, backup quarterback. None of those are really awful teams either. So they were kept them close. Right. So it was they were seven and four at Thanksgiving. On November 27th, they beat the Bears 31 to 10. Then they lost their next six games to fall out of playoff contention. Uh, but they beat the Steelers, Dolphins, Packers, and Broncos four weeks in a row. Uh, the Dolphins won. That really makes me mad because the game was much closer than 40-17. to 17. And the Dolphins were also, once again, both times the Dolphins and Jets played last year, Skylar Thompson, their third-string quarterback, played all or most of the game. Because when the Dolphins went to um, New York in, on October 9th and lost 40-17. Tua was out. He got injured in the Bengals game, missed the rest of the Bengals game, all the Steelers game, all the... Or, sorry, that's the Jets schedule. But Tua was out. He missed 
the game on October 9th. The first offensive play of the game for the Dolphins, a supposed unbiased spotter said that the Dolphins' backup quarterback showed concussion symptoms. And if you watch the replay, there's not a single symptom exhibited at all. None. But he was pulled from the game because of it. So Skylar Thompson had to play the entire game. And then January 8th, the last game of the year, which the Dolphins won, Skylar Thompson played again because both Dolphins quarterbacks were injured again. So I, I, the Jets, was it was a weird season for them last year. But I'm not ready to talk about the Jets. We're talking about the Patriots because we're talking about who's going to be in fourth place. And it's crazy for me to have them down there. Last year I had the Jets down there. And the Jets fulfilled that, but only because they f- – lost the last six games of the season. The Patriots were not looking great uh, throughout the year. They finished eight and nine, good for third place. They were a shell of, of themselves. They, they didn't look good at all. I think maybe the best game they played was when they shut out the Lions 29 to nothing on October 9th. But they started the year with a loss to the Dolphins. They did beat the Steelers the next week. But then they lost to the Ravens and Packers before coming to life against the Lions. They somehow lost to the Bears 33-14. to They're probably their most impressive win last year. See, it's honestly that probably the Lions game on October 9th, 29 to nothing. Because well, that was before Detroit got really hot, though. Right. But that's what I mean. Like that, it's that wasn't even when Detroit was really good. They beat Pittsburgh by a field goal in Pittsburgh. That's tough to do. Yeah. So that's that's a pretty good win. They, they smoked the Browns, but the Browns weren't that good to begin with. Uh, they beat the Jets twice, but they lost to the Vikings. They lost to the, to the Bills. They lost to the Raiders. Oh, remember that Raiders lost? Like, yes. how does that team lose? <laughs> that was nuts. Um, they, they lost to the Bengals. They beat the Dolphins again. Backup quarterbacks. I just, I don't know what to make of them. There's animosity between Mac Jones and Bill Belichick. There was weird coordinator issues going on last year. Now, Bill O'Brien is back in New England. That scares me a little bit because I respect Bill O'Brien. He's been there before. He knows how to work with Belichick. If Mac Jones is anything, he needs to prove it this year or Mac Jones is going to be, going to be gone. Cause there was rumors that Aaron Rodgers turned down a trade to new England. That just came out in the last few days. I don't know if I believe it or not, but there's a the rumors out there that the jets or excuse me, the Packers wanted to trade him to new England. He said no, because he wanted to go to New York because that's where Nathaniel Hackett his former offensive coordinator is after his disastrous half a season is the Denver head coach. He was in green Bay green or he was in New York after being in green Bay for many years and being uh, one of the reasons Aaron Rodgers was winning MVP awards and the Jets were working on getting his buddies to New York and New England supposedly came in with an offer that Green Bay wanted to take and Aaron vetoed it. Supposedly. I just I look at the roster. They were 8 and 9 last year. Does the addition of Bill O'Brien and a competent offensive coordinator change a lot? Uh no comments from your uncle. <laughs> well, I haven't looked, but no. they lost Damian Harris. To the Bills, a division rival. They lose one of their running backs. They lost Jacoby Myers to the Raiders. 
And they lost Isaiah Isaiah Wynn to the Dolphins. Uh, They didn't really bring in too many people of note. Probably the biggest is Gesicki. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. They brought in Juju Smith-Schuster, who won the Super Bowl with the Chiefs. They brought in Gesicki from the Dolphins. Um, They signed uh, Riley Reef from who was with the Bears last year. So Smith-Schuster and Gesicki are the two big ones. Could they help in offense? Sure. They did have a a decent draft, at least early. They got Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback from Oregon, who was – you know, thought of as a possible top 10 pick. They got him at 17. Thought that was a really good pick. I just, again, kind of like with Daniel Jones with the Giants, is Mac Jones any better? During his rookie year, people thought, oh, this this, this is the guy. He's going to be good. Really bad season last year. If, if Bill O'Brien can get something out of him, I, maybe the Patriots aren't the fourth best team in the division. That's a tough division. It is a tough division. It feels, I I don't like picking them fourth because I feel like I'm asking for something catastrophic to happen to the Dolphins now. (laughs) Although Tua getting beat up last year wasn't that much better. Um, They only finished a game behind Miami. Miami was nine and eight because of their issues when Tua wasn't healthy. Although Miami did almost upset Buffalo in Buffalo with a third string quarterback in the playoffs. We'll get to that. I don't know. I just, I don't have to go along with what other people are saying, but I can't look at these rosters and say that the Patriots aren't the worst on paper. I I do sort of also feels crazy to say this. It almost feels like a make or break year for Belichick too. Uh, not, not that he's going to get fired, fired right. but like that he might be like, it might be time to move on. I don't know that Kraft would fire him after four down years. But Uncle Rich will. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but I mean, because of the division they're in and the crossover with the NFCs, there's this is not going to be an easy schedule. So if they take a step back, they were nine and no, sorry, eight and nine last year. If they go six and 11, there's going to be a lot of uneasy people in New England. (coughs) So let's look at their schedule. We already talked. They open with Philadelphia and Miami back to back. Oh, and two. <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I don't care about that that week one game. Okay, whatever. But I hope they're oh, and two. Or I hope they've lost at least one game after uh, week two. And I hope it's the second game. But like they have to win one of those games against the Dolphins or Jets. Look at I, look at this schedule. This is going to be like it for the AFC East teams. Eagles, Dolphins, at Jets, at Cowboys, Saints, at Raiders, Buffalo, at Miami. That's their first eight games. What game in there is a guaranteed win? No, I wouldn't say a guaranteed win. The best shot would be probably the Raiders. Probably the Raiders is their best shot. But again, is that... They a, blew that last year. Is that, is that a guaranteed win? <laughs> no. So... That's tough. That is a tough opening. Are are they better than Washington? That's that's week nine. They're are they they're probably better than the Colts. Although with that rookie quarterback, if he gets going, I, I, and that's and that's not at home. That's in Germany. 
That's one of New England's home game. It's in Germany. Hmm. Then, then they have the bye. Then they come back. Again, Giants. That's a game they have to win. Are they better than the Giants? Chargers. Steelers. Chiefs. At Denver, at Buffalo, finish with the Jets. How many of those 17 games are guaranteed wins? There's not a single guaranteed win mm-hmm. on that schedule. Are there games more likely? Of course there are. At Denver. But again, you got to go to Denver. That's not easy. Sean Payton's the new head coach out there. I don't think Russell Wilson's going to play as bad as he did last year. So is that a possible win? Sure. Chargers, is that a possible win? Yeah, sure. At Pittsburgh, they won at Pittsburgh last year. But those 17 games, there's not a single game that you can say they are winning that game. Now, it also works the other way. Is there a single game on there that you would be shocked if they did win, though? Philadelphia. You don't think they get any chance to beat Philadelphia at home when they're honoring well, I'm not Tom saying Brady? That. No, I'm not saying that. Uh, it's also the first game. So I don't think helps. the odds are with them. That's but why. they still, even after three down years, especially yeah. last year, the Patriots still have an aura about them that they still get the benefit of the doubt. Not nearly as much as they did five years ago, but... Where's Kansas City at? Uh, it's in New England on my birthday. Oh, it's on... So, so I have I have New England last. Uh, I I and I have them. I they were eight nine last year. I have them going six and eleven. And, and this could look awful. They could go eleven and six because Bill O'Brien turned Mac Jones into a competent quarterback, and he plays better than or Bill O'Brien at turns least him in the hook. That Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien helped Mac Jones along. The the new additions to the offense in Gesicki and Smith Schuster offset the losses they have. Their defense plays better. I I just I, right now I just don't see it. What do you, what do you think? What do you what do you who do you have well, with in that fourth schedule place? you're showing there? I was thinking more of five five wins for them. Five. Oh, you have them even worse. <laughs> I got to go to these texts. Okay, so. I am six and eleven and fourth. You have them five and twelve and fourth. Here it is from Uncle Rich. First NFCs because I didn't do his NFCs. He has Commanders in fourth, so he agrees with you. Giants in third, but then he goes with me. Cowboys second, first with the Eagles. Eagles. I, I I don't I, I don't disagree with any of that. I think that could, that's very feasible. Here we go. His this is his <laughs> this is his predictions. He has the Dolphins in fourth. He says, not sure of quarterback. <laughs> he just texted me, five wins! <laughs> uh, he has the Patriots in third. He says that they got an offensive coordinator. So if he has them in third, I'm thinking he has them at nine or ten wins. I would think, as in third place. Jets, he has second. Um, they have Rodgers, but he can be beaten. And then he has the Bills in first. He says the Pats split with Dolphins and Jets. Uh, oh, here at the bottom says his coffee club says the Pats record will be seven and ten or eleven and six. That's that's a four game swing. Well, I said I have him at six and eleven. I could see him going eleven and six. It just because I, I, it feels weird to peg them at something less. I mean, they were under five hundred last year, but for them to drop even farther away from that, it's hard to me. It's hard to grasp that after the last twenty years, after what's happened over twenty plus years. 
to say that they might only win, like he said, five wins. <laughs> <laughs> I did that just to bust your uncle. uncle uh, well, Rich. he's yeah, he definitely has a lot to say about that. Um, I w- I would say, you know, my I, my high would be seven wins with with that schedule you have there, unless uh, Bill really O'Brien does miracle work up there, uh, because their offense really was putrid. Now it gets interesting. So um, you have to go with your third place team here before I go. So we both have New England in last, but you're up for number three. So who is your third? You're not going to like my third. I I picked the Dolphins. All right. Well, what do you have their record being? They were nine and eight last year. See, I I think the next three are going to be really close. I think Buffalo's going to. Well, you had you had New England at zero and (laughs) seventeen. I, I'm gonna say I I feel your uh, Dolphins are gonna be somewhere around um, nine and eight or ten and seven. Man, I, I would if they go nine and eight again. I don't. I think that means Tua didn't stay healthy. Uh, that is a legitimate concern. I hope I hope he can play through that because at the beginning of the year he was playing at an MVP level before he got hurt, uh, and then even when he came back he was still playing really well. Um, I, I hope they can push through that. I hope, I hope he can play the entire season. Uh, all right. So you have them Some, nine and eight, ten, ten and ten, seven, ten and but seven, in third yeah. place. So they'd still possibly be in line for the sixth or seventh wild card seed at, at that point, based on the last the last few years of uh, of the playoffs. Um, Miami's schedule is obviously not going to be much different than. New England's, um, you know, Miami went nine and eight where they were, that was good enough for second in the AFC East last year, but we've already talked about how much better the AFC East has gotten. The Dolphins added Mike White at quarterback to back up to a Tagovailoa. Mike White played really well at time for the New York Jets, so I love that signing. They brought in one of the best linebacking free agents in David Long from the Titans. Um, Braxton Berrios, also a comfort guy from the Jets going to Miami. Um, Isaiah Wynn, I mentioned coming over from New England, and uh, also a Jets offensive lineman, Cedric Obui, coming to shore up that position as well. The Dolphins didn't have a lot of draft picks, but they picked two players I was really high on, and Cam Smith, the cornerback from South Carolina, and Devin O'Shane, the running back, the speedster from Texas A&M. There are rumors out there that they would like to be in on Dalvin Cook, who's still in his 20s and has been an electric running back again when healthy uh, over the last few years. The Vikings uh, got rid of him recently. Uh, not a lot of changes for the Dolphins uh, elsewhere. Uh, they also made a couple uh, big additions via trade. And obviously the the biggest of that was getting Jalen Ramsey from the Rams, who um, when he's not running his mouth and being obnoxious is one of the best defensive backs in the league still. They need better play from Xavier Howard, who is an all pro cornerback for them, but did not have a good year last year. If he gets back to form and the addition of Ramsey helps out. Oh, and they also have a new defensive coordinator. That's probably the biggest thing that people have been talking about in Miami, Vic Fangio, who was technically not a coach last year. He was a consultant for the Eagles and helped set up their defense and push them uh, in the direction that they went towards the Super Bowl. Uh, he was helping out in that regard. He's now the defensive coordinator in Miami uh, under head coach Mike McDaniel. If the team is healthy, they were not healthy last year. Um, obviously, when you lose your quarterback for multiple stretches of the season, that's going to be an issue. 
if they can stay healthy, it honestly, it's tough for me to see them not winning 10 games if they're healthy. Huge if. Especially when the biggest is at quarterback. But they have too much talent on offense at the skill positions, and their defense is stocked at all three levels now with the additions of David Long at linebacker, uh, Jalen Ramsey in the secondary. Uh, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of Raycon Davis, Emmanuel Ogba, Zach Seiler, and Christian Wilkins in the three or four man front rotation. Their defense, honestly, I would be disappointed if they weren't a top five unit offensively. And this is the reason that I, I hesitate to put them challenging for a division title is their offensive line scares me on top of Tua's health issue. The offensive line was the weak point last year. Teron Armstead, one of the best tackles in the league went, when healthy, can't stay healthy, missed a whole bunch of games last year. Liam Eikenberg has not been good for them. Robert hunt has been, and Robert Jones have been average. Austin Jackson, looks like a bust, a first round pick. Unfortunately, Connor Williams came over from Dallas last year an average player already wants more money. I was, very high on the signing of Isaiah Wynn from the Patriots. Uh, and they got Dan Feeney from the Jets. So they need to figure out who their starting five is. They need to have a good backup interior lineman and tackle because they just can't get through the season healthy. If they would have been able to add another great offensive lineman, uh, if they would have been in on um, Orlando Brown, who went from the Chiefs to the Bengals, or they were able to trade now Jonah Williams, who once out of Cincinnati after they signed Orlando Brown, they were able to add another piece. I would feel a lot better. Uh, but I, 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 I'm going to be a little bit reserved with Miami. I'm not having them beating uh, Buffalo. But I also hate Aaron Rodgers. So my third place well, team is the New York Jets. So... Uh, I said all that about Miami, and we'll breeze through them when I talk about them at number two. But the, I think the Jets are trending in the right direction. I like Robert Sala, their coach. They had some nice pickups. They had they had have back to back great drafts. They've got a lot of talent, but something tells me that Aaron Rodgers will get going, and then he'll self destruct. Does that mean they finish in third? You know, they go nine and eight or ten and seven. Maybe they make the playoffs. Maybe they finish ahead of the Dolphins in the regular season. I don't trust Aaron Rodgers because I think Aaron Rodgers has become Brett Favre. He is this prima donna who it's all about him. He doesn't care what's best for the team. That's always tough for me to swallow. Aaron Rodgers is also a goofball about stuff he does off the field in his personal life, which, okay, you do you. But just his antics the last three years have made me do a 180 on him. Not that I ever loved him, but I didn't I didn't root against him until the last three or four years. Uh, leading up to the drafting of Jordan Love, then everything that happened during the pandemic, and just his attitude towards the Packers and, and football in general. It's just, I do not like him. How many year contract did he sign? I think it's only two. Two year. He did. I don't think he signed a new contract. He just has two years left on oh. the deal he signed with Green Bay last year. And I don't think yet the Jets have reworked that. But he also gave them no guarantees that he wouldn't retire after this year. He's technically under their control, though, for the 23 and 24 seasons. So I, maybe the Jets get off to a great start. They, uh, that's last year's schedule. They, 
have a lot of young talent. I know people are high on Will McDonald. I love Joe Tipman, their second round draft pick. Um, those two alone are great additions for them. Aaron Rodgers, their quarterback. Brees Hall is coming back from an injury. Um, Michael Carter and Zonovan Knight have played significant amounts for them over the last couple of seasons. Yeah, they brought in Randall Cobb, added him to a, a already deep receiving group that after they added Alan Lazard, they still had Corey Davis. Garrett Wilson was offensive rookie of the year last year. They also have Denzel Mims, a young player. Um, Tyler, Tyler Conklin, CJ Uzama, Jeremy Ruckert is a great three t- guy rotation at tight end. Um, they have some issues at offensive line staying healthy, but they also have to figure out who's playing left and right tackle because Mackay Becton wants to play left and Dwayne Brown also wants to play left. But they brought in Connor McGovern from your Dallas Cowboys, former Philadelphia, or excuse me, former Penn Stater, uh, to possibly play center. I talked about them drafting Joe Tipman. They signed Lincoln Tomlinson a few years ago. They have Billy Turner, Elijah Vera Tucker. They have a better offensive line than the Dolphins, which makes me mad. Uh, and defensively, they were outstanding last year on the defensive line. Uh, they, Quentin Williams is one of the best to do it. They have Solomon Thomas and Al Woods there with him. They brought in Will McDonald as an edge rusher. They also have Carl Lawson and Jermaine Johnson. They CJ Mosley was a guy that I always wanted Miami to get uh, out of Alabama before he went to Baltimore and now in New York. Uh, Quincy Williams is a great linebacker for them. They just signed Adrian Amos, the former Bear and Packer who played at Penn State, uh, to shore up their secondary because, unfortunately, one of their guys for them, um, I think it was Chuck Clark, who they brought over from Baltimore. He, I believe, tore his ACL and is out for the season. But they have the returning defensive rookie of the year in Sauce Gardner. Uh, they have Jordan Whitehead at Strong State. They, they, <coughs> excuse me. They, they're, they're stocked and stacked there. But something tells me that Aaron Rodgers will find a way to not make that work. I was going to say, Rodgers is the reason I have them as number two. They start the season in Buffalo, so we'll find out. See, this is what I feel like is going to happen. Aaron Rodgers is going to lead the Jets to an early season. They're going to look really good. Maybe they beat Buffalo at home. Maybe they go to Dallas and beat Dallas in Dallas. Is that the second game? Yeah, that's the second game. Then they have New England. So even if they say they lose to Dallas, but they beat Buffalo, New England. They, I mean, they have a tough schedule, though, because they're in the AFCs. They have to play the other AFCs teams, and they have to play the NFCs this year. So they start with host Buffalo, go to Dallas, host New England, host Kansas City, go to Denver, host Philly. So four, That's a tough start. Four of their home games are Buffalo, New England, Kansas City, Philly. Their, their season ticket holders should be very happy. It is a tough start, but what if they go four and two in those games? You know, say they lose to Kansas City and Philly. They lose to the two Super Bowl teams from last year, but they beat Buffalo, Dallas, New England, and Denver. I, is anyone going to be upset about that? They have winnable games against the Giants, Chargers, and Raiders coming out of the bye before they have to play Buffalo and Miami. They don't play Miami at all until after Thanksgiving. Or they play Black Friday. Miami, New York is on Black Friday. So I'm looking at this. So they have six, seven, eight, nine games before they play Buffalo for a second time and then Miami for the first time on Black Friday. What if they're seven and two? Everything's going great. Then you play Buffalo and Miami. And lose those two. And you lose those two. They rebound against Atlanta and Houston to get to nine and four. But then something tells me, what if they finish with four straight losses then? Who do they play? 
and this isn't saying that they're not as good as these teams, but there's something they play at Miami. Then they ha- host Washington. Who they're better than Washington. They go to Cleveland. I think they're better than Cleveland. Cleveland. They go to New England. I think they're better than New England. I just something's going to happen here that I, I'm not willing. And this is my bias. I hate Aaron Rodgers and I hate the New York Jets. There's no way I'm saying they're going 12 and five. I, I'm not doing it. And if they do it, okay. It happens. I'll look like a moron. It's happened before, too. I've looked like an idiot on this show with things I've said. I hated on the Saints for how long, and they always proved me wrong. I am not predicting the New York Jets to go 12-5. and five. So I'm picking them in third in the AFC East. I'm going to say they go 9-8. and eight. They start off strong, but they finish weak, just like Brett Favre and the Jets did, what is that, 13 years ago, 14 years ago, whenever that was. I'm not letting it happen. The Jets are third place. <laughs> I figure they're going to be 11 and 6. 11 and 6. Oh, God, that better not happen. <laughs> well, I already talked about the Dolphins a lot. They're my second place team. They went 9 and 8 last year. I hope they can be 50% healthier than they were last year. And I hope Jalen Ramsey doesn't look like a dumbass and actually can play the position and not be all about himself. Uh, Tyreek Hill was able to do it last year because I have my opinions on Tyreek Hill, but last year with Miami. Went pretty well. Uh, Him and Waddle were amazing um, and had incredible chemistry with Tua. Hopefully that comes back again. Hopefully the Dolphins' offensive line can get better. I'll I'll put them in second place at, I'll say 10-7, and one game in front of the Jets. I would love to say 12-5. and That would make me very happy. The problem with the AFC East teams is I think they're going to – Beat each other beat up, each and then they're also going to get beat up by the NFC East. Not to say the AFC East isn't better than the NFC East. I just think the NFC East is also very deep and has two very good teams and then two teams that are average, whereas I believe the AFC East has three very good teams and one that is average. Sorry, Uncle Rich. <laughs> um, despite what he picks, uh, can, uh, Miami cannot finish in fourth. That cannot happen. Even if they still make the playoffs as the, as the fourth team and they like nine and eight, I cannot have them finish behind New England. That cannot happen. So I have Miami in second at 10 and seven, which means I have Buffalo in first. I'm not ready to unseat Buffalo because I think Buffalo is designed. I feel like Buffalo is the green Bay of the AFC. I feel like Buffalo has enough talent to win the division. Look really good in the regular season. Josh Allen will look superhuman one week. Then there'll be an absolute train wreck. The next they lose these random games. They lost to Jacksonville two years ago, nine to six. How does that Buffalo team lose to that Jacksonville team that was terrible? How does that happen? What What was was Buffalo's record last year? 13-3. and See, I I think they're going to take a step back. They lost to Miami in week three. That was when we were at Knobles, and I was freaking out to try to find the end of the game. They lost to Miami in week three in Miami by two. They lost at the Jets in week nine by three. Then they lost the next week in overtime to the Vikings, and that was a bananas game. Do you remember that? Where it looked like Minnesota was going to win, oh. and then Buffalo scored and took the lead, and then Minnesota down in the field but didn't, didn't score. New England or Buffalo took over at like the one, and then they fumbled in the end zone. That ended up, and there was it was in overtime. It was crazy, crazy, crazy game. game. They lost that game. They had a no contest against the Bengals. That's why they were thirteen and three. So their three losses came by a combined eight points. And they easily could have won any of those three games. They could have been 16-0 and last year. 
And and because they destroy they destroyed the Rams. They destroyed the Titans. They squeaked by the Ravens. They were actually losing that game for a while. They destroyed Pittsburgh. They beat Kansas City in Kansas City, 24 to 20. Uh, they beat the Packers. They beat the Browns. They squeaked by Detroit. That was when Detroit started to get things going, but they still did beat them on the road, too. Um, they beat New England by two touchdowns. They beat the Jets by eight when the Jets started to fall apart. They beat the Dolphins uh, 32 to 29. That one was really frustrating. Uh, they destroyed the Buffalo, Bears. Then the game of the, the Monday night game of the century against the Bengals got no contest because of the unfortunate situation with Jamar Hamlin. And then they beat the Patriots to end the year. So they ended the year on a seven-game winning streak. They were beating up teams pretty good. They were looking like world beaters. Everyone thought that they were, you know, Super Bowl AFC favorites, Super Bowl contenders entering the year. And they didn't prove anyone wrong. They went 13 and 3. But then the playoffs happened. They looked awful against the Dolphins. They allowed Skylar Thompson to put up like 32 points or something ridiculous like that. And then they looked terrible against the Bengals at home. So I know people really like their coach. There, there's a, a huge contingent that thinks Sean McDermott is great. I just struggle with him in crunch time. It just seems like they have a couple weird, weird losses that come down to coaching. Two years ago to start the season, they lost to Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh was not good. They lost to Jacksonville, like I just mentioned, two years ago. In Jacksonville, 6-9. to nine. They got destroyed by the Colts two years ago, 41-15. to 15. They ended the season on a four-game winning streak, and then they absolutely annihilated the Patriots in the playoffs, and everyone thought, this is, this is it. We've got it. We're getting, don't worry about Patrick Mahomes anymore. It's Josh Allen and the Bills. And then Patrick Mahomes did his thing after questionable decisions by the Buffalo Bills coaching staff to kick the ball instead of trying to run out the clock. They lost to the Chiefs in overtime, 42-36. to 36. Well, it, last year was supposed to be the revenge tour. Well, they went 13-3 in the regular season and looked pretty good doing it. But it's unfathomable to me that they can look that bad against the Cincinnati Bengals in the playoffs. And I, I'm a huge Joe Burrow fan. I just, that was unreal the way Buffalo looked against New England last year in the playoffs. I really, they lost 27 to 10 at home and it was not that close. It wasn't. So the year before, was that that crazy game that they lost? Against the Chiefs. Against the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where like, there was like six touchdowns in In the fourth quarter in overtime. In the fourth quarter in overtime, there's like three touchdowns by each team or something ridiculous. Yeah, so um I'm sorry. There's two Connor McGoverns. Connor McGovern for Dallas went to Buffalo. I said he went to to New York. My bad. He didn't go to the Jets. He went to to Buffalo. Um so Connor McGovern goes to Buffalo to shore up their offensive line. They add Damian Harris from the Patriots. They bring in Taylor Rapp, one of the safeties for the Rams. Uh they brought in Latavius Murray to shore up the running back position with Damian Harris. Um, because they got rid they didn't re-sign um they're running back. Why can't I think of his name? Um, I think he went, did he go to the Texans? Yeah. Devin Singletary. Um, so they brought in Damian Harris and Latavius Murray to pair with James cook, who they drafted a year ago. Um, and they just recently signed Leonard Floyd and Cameron dancer two veterans to their defense. Uh, one as an edge rusher and one as a defensive back depth. 
Um, their biggest losses, probably Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker going to the Bears. Um, Devin Singletary, I mentioned the running back going to the Texans. That's a, about it. Um, I guess you could make a case for Isaiah McKenzie, but he didn't have a year that they thought he was going to have last year. And Jamison Crowder, two depth wide receivers are no longer there. They drafted Dalton Kincaid from Utah in the first round. It'll be interesting to see how they deploy him. They also brought in Osiris Torrance, one of the better interior offensive line uh, draft picks this past year. So they want to, uh, they want to make some noise on the ground, shore up things, give uh, Josh Allen, maybe a little bit of a break. And I think that's the biggest thing holding them back is that by and by their offense revolves around Josh Allen. You know, surprise, surprise, the quarterback is the main guy. But they ask him to do so much, or Josh Allen's asked himself to do so much that he sometimes does too much. He has games where he throws really bad picks. He has games where he gets beat up. One of the like it hasn't really quite happened yet, but one of these seasons. He's going to do too much with his legs, and it's going to cost him a few games. It hasn't really impacted him yet, but there's going to be an injury that bites them because Josh Allen has to do so much. They don't have enough talent at the skill position outside of Stefan Diggs, who is like unhappy or mad. I don't know. Will he even be around in training camp? Who knows? But if he wouldn't show up, they would be in trouble because then it's just Josh Allen. Until someone else proves otherwise. I know people like Dawson Knox. And I mentioned they brought in Dalton Kincaid. But outside of Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen, what do they have? Gabe Davis didn't have the year people thought he was going to have. After he blew up in that game against the Chiefs in the playoffs a year and a half ago that they lost. He didn't have a great year. I just... I, I don't... I can't pick against Josh Allen and this team because of what they've done the regular season, the last three years. And even, I mean, they've looked good at times in the playoffs, but then they have these questionable coaching decisions and I can't get that out of my mind. So I think Buffalo is your regular season champion. I would not say that they're one of my picks to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, though. What's their schedule? I mean, who they play this year? So yeah, so round it out. We know it's going to be tough. They actually, honestly, they have an easy start to the year. They need to start 3-0. and They have an unknown in the Jets. People think they'll be pretty good, but I think a lot think Buffalo's better. So you, you, you should win that game. Then they have to beat the Raiders and the Commanders. You have to win those games. Because then you have the D- Dolphins and Jaguars. Luckily for them, both ho- home games. The Jaguars games in London. Then they have the Giants, again, also at home. Before they go to New England and have Tim, their schedule is does not is not as bad in the beginning as some of the other teams. So Buffalo needs to get out to a fast start, just like the Jets. They have the head to head match. Then they, they got to beat the Raiders and Commanders. They have the Dolphins, Jaguars, Giants, Patriots, Buccaneers, Bengals, Broncos, Jets, Eagles before their late bye in Week 13. They've got an interesting final five weeks though, as they go to Kansas City, host Dallas go to the Chargers, host New England, and the last game of the year is at Miami. Man, I hope that's for the division championship. Actually, I don't. I hope Miami's a few games ahead of them by then. So I'm going I'm going with Buffalo. They were 13-3 and last year. 
I think I'll put him at 12 and five. That's what I was going to exactly what I was going to so, say. 12 and uh, five. A little bit of a step back. You know, I, I feel like for something I was saying that they were, I'm going to say they were going to lose that Bengals game, even though it wasn't played. They were going to be 13 and four. So it's only a really a game back. If they went 13 and four last year, they could have been 14 and three. Then it's two games back. 12 and five is nothing to sneeze at. They need to be more concerned about how they play in January though. Cause that's been their biggest issue is pl- play and coaching in the last two postseasons that maybe for them, maybe their Super Bowl window is closing. I mean, you hate them. Josh Allen's still very young. He just signed an extension. He is very good, but they have not done a great job of surrounding him with enough talent or the coaching staff has fallen short of what the players could have accomplished on the field. So the AFCs, I'm giving to the Bills again for the fourth straight year. I don't like it but I'll take it over the Jets or the Patriots winning it for now. Um, I just I can't see the Patriots back at the top. I don't want that too soon. I don't want Aaron Rodgers and the Jets there, and I'm not, I'm not enough of a homer to put Miami up there, though that's obviously what I hope happens. And in honor of us doing the AFCs and NFCs, I wore my um, Miami Mountaineer shot commemorative tee from December 1st, 2019, when the Dolphins, who were god-awful that year, Upset the Eagles on a trick play uh, that helped by a trick play. Um, and that was a year after the miracle in Miami where the Dolphins beat the Patriots on the last play of the game. I remember that. Um, back to back December, fantastic victories for my Dolphins that meant basically nothing to them at all. But anytime you can beat the Eagles and, and the Patriots, I will take that. I will take that. And the Dolphins have the chance to do that this year, playing the Eagles again. So Dolphins have a winning streak against the Eagles. They beat them in 2019 when they shouldn't have. They beat them in 2015 when both teams were average at best. And I was at that game. I went with Nick and the Dolphins won like 19 to 17 or something like that. Uh, I don't remember what happened in 2011. I think they lost, but two, two last two against the Eagles owned by the Dolphins. Um, Dolphins also have a winning streak against the Patriots, don't they? Not the Bills, though. I think... Did Miami beat New England twice last year? Did that happen? Am I making that up? I know they won the first one. Oh, no. That's right. New England beat one by two when Tua was out. That's stupid. (laughs) That's the key for your team is you got to keep him healthy. That makes me so bad. Christmas was ruined last year because they lost to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers when they shouldn't have. Then all of a sudden, Tua had had another concussion and missed the game against the Patriots and the Jets. Frustrating. All right, so there there you have it. That's the AFC. So we both have New England last. You have them 0-17. (laughs) <laughs> I have him six and eleven. No, you had him five and twelve, which we got the five wins from Uncle Rich. Let's see if he said anything else. Oh yeah. Um so he says that his uh, Patriots uh, coffee club has them all beating the Saints and Commandos, and they all definitely say they're not beating the Chiefs. Uh he asked, Isn't it past your bedtime? It is. So um so we both agree, Patriots and last. I have Jets in third at nine and eight. You had Dolphins in third at nine and eight, ten and seven. You had the Jets in there around ten and seven at second. 
I have the Dolphins in second around 10 and 7, and then we both have the Bills in first at 12 and 5. Yep. So that's for you, Uncle Rich. Write that down so you can keep track of all this stuff so you, that we have it for you. Uh, at the end of the season, we can be accountable. And some of the things I said tonight might look really bad. And that's fine. We'll, 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 we'll deal with that in January. But for now, for now, we're going to wrap things up. So AFC is done. NFC is done. All eight divisions done in three weeks, not two weeks, three weeks, July 9th. Uh, Justin and I will be joined by a recent Wilson graduate, a former Wilson Bulldogs basketball player, and he's playing basketball in college. Uh, he's interested in, in media and broadcasting and has been asking us about the podcast for a couple of years now. Um, and we are going to have him here in studio on the show to talk about the NFL playoffs and Super Bowl. Uh, as long as things work out on his end, that's a that's tentatively scheduled. Hopefully things don't change in the next few weeks, but we will have a guest here to talk about our NFL playoff and Super Bowl predictions for the 2023 season. Again, three weeks, Sunday, July 9th, normal time. Um, other than that, I just want to say happy Father's Day. Happy Father's um, Day to you too. Happy Father's Day to all of you out there listening. I know Uncle Rich for sure. Happy Father's Day to you. And I can also say that uh, we'll see in about a month. So we are going to be visiting uh, which will be a lot of fun. We haven't been up there in nine and a half years when we went up to see a Dolphins-Patriots game for my 30th birthday was the last time that, that we were up there, I believe. So Well, we never get asked up. Right. They just, they're, they're just, whenever we say we're coming, they're just like, oh, oh, really? we're, we're not home. I do want to say um, happy belated birthday to Wyatt, um, who I wanted to mention the last show two weeks ago, and I wasn't certain that it was coming up, and it, and it was, of course, and, and then I missed it. Um, so happy belated to to Wyatt. Um, see if I can make sure I'm not missing anyone else. I'm sure I am because I always do. But yeah, happy Father's Day to everyone. Hope everyone had a had a great day. Um, oh, happy birthday to Brian. Brian's birthday is tomorrow. So the New England gang got to keep them. Got to can't keep them straight. Uncle Rich needs to keep on top of me. He's usually letting me know if I'm if I'm gonna miss anything. Um, just browsing ahead and see any, anyone else before the next show. Probably will because it's three weeks from now. But what are you going to do? So, well, thanks for to you, Dad, for joining Thank me. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to have you back on the show to talk about the uh, the East Divisions. It was a lot of fun. Hope everyone had a great Father's Day. And Justin and I will be back in three weeks. I do have a show next week. It will be Bulldog Hour. I'm not sure who's joining me yet, but we'll be talking Wilson football. Got a lot to talk about as uh, it's now uh, – to me, it's now football season. Yeah, we're, we're, we're here and ready to go. As much as I'm loving the, watching the Phillies 13-2 and two in their last 15 and baseball, football is my number one love, so I'll always be focused on that. And uh, we'll be talking Wilson football next week on the Bulldog Hour. But that's it for us here on the Joe Mays and JRAF show, episode 383 in the book. So for my dad and the not existent Justin Raffoff this evening, thanks for listening. And we'll be back again in three weeks on Sunday, July 9th. Good night. Good night. See you all later. That's a wrap on this episode of the Joe Mays and J-Rap Show, brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop. You can watch each weekly episode live on Facebook, Periscope, or YouTube. Be sure to like, 
follow or subscribe to the show on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. You can also rate and review us on many of these platforms as well. We'd love to hear from you. Send your email to the Mays Sandwich Shop inbox at Raff at gmail.com. The Joe Mays and J-Raff Show is a part of the JMNJR Radio Network, home to other productions such as the Bulldog Hour, Tangents with Friends, and Nat Chats with Dad. Until next time... <laughs>